I run truly on effort. 90% of my runs are without a watch. As runners, we're so in tune with our mind and body. So I trust that. That was Brandy Adolph. And this is episode 52 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Brandy Adolph is a dedicated amateur distance runner from Winnipeg in her mid-40s who has been absolutely crushing it lately. After spending a few years focused on the half marathon, in 2016 at the age of 40, she ran her first marathon in a time of 3.53.01 and has been chipping away at it ever since. Just last week in the Manitoba Marathon, she clocked in with a personal best time of 3 hours, 19 minutes, and 1 second, landing her first in her 45 to 49 age category and fourth female overall. Not to mention, exactly 34 minutes faster than her first crack at the distance five years ago. It's not as though Brandy is a sponsored athlete. She's just a regular runner with a family and a full-time shift work job who loves the sport and is committed to the process of training and exploring her limits. In this conversation, we talk about how she fits it all in, the highs and lows of training, running by feel, dealing with race nerves, and so much more. While a roadrunner at heart, Brandy loves getting into the trails to shake things up and use her body differently. Brandy is one of those runners who's been inspiring me from afar for well over a year, so it was amazing to learn more about her in this conversation, and I can't wait to hopefully share some miles and start lines with her in the near future. And now on to our conversation with Brandy Adolph. Brandy, it is an absolute pleasure to welcome you to Inspired Souls. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, such a pleasure of mine to be here. Oh, yeah. Well, there are just so many places that I could go and jump into this conversation. And your recent amazing three hour and 19 minute and one second finish at the Manitoba Marathon is certainly one of them. But maybe before we get there, I thought we could let the listeners in on how we met with the caveat being that we've never actually met in real life. (laughs) Unless you count me screaming and yelling at you with 500 meters to go in the marathon when I finally recognized that it was you. If you count that as meeting, then we have met in real life, but we really haven't met in real life. And, you know, with all the drawbacks of social media, we could talk about that forever. But to me, this is one of the like, social media fairy tales, if there ever was one, because we met on social media. What do you remember about uh, about how that all went down? I remember it was uh, the 2020 Manitoba Marathon coming up, and I was deep into the training and just on social media trying to figure out my route and even what I had planned to run as far as time for that marathon. And I first actually started listening to your podcast from day one, because I love running podcasts. Um, So that's how um, sort of I was introduced to you guys. And when I listened to your first episodes, you had each introduced each other and talked a little bit about yourselves. And I thought, Wow, she is sort of the same type of runner, Carolyn, that um, I am. And I had seen that you were moving to Winnipeg. And so I decided to message you and sort of asking about the route you had planned for running your virtual. And then it kind of went back and forth from there. So it really was your podcast that sort of uh, got me connected. Yeah, connected. Well, that's super cool. I actually didn't know truthfully how it went down because all I remember is I got this message from you and it was late. Like we had both trained fully thinking it was going to be a real life marathon, right? It was kind of the last minute that it went virtual and I was... I would never have done a virtual marathon if I wasn't, I was fundraising 
for this marathon because yeah. I was supposed to run Chicago. Anyway, long story. So I was like, oh, I still I feel sort of obligated to still run it because people I've raised money and all this. So then you wrote me saying like what route? And I'm like, oh, I wonder who this is. Cause it's always like funny when like social media is just so funny. Right. And so I was like, okay, okay. She's in Winnipeg. So I sort of narrowed down. She's in Winnipeg. And then, um, I'm like, oh my goodness. Wow. She's like my speed. We should run it together. But then we were so deep in COVID. Obviously that's the reason it went virtual that I was like, oh, that would be irresponsible. So all that to say, and that's how we got connected. And if we haven't been trying to go for a run for the last year, yes. <laughs> it still hasn't worked out. But uh, now I've actually seen you in real life. And that's a very fun story. So yeah, thank you for reaching out. Yeah, coming in on that last 500. When I heard you guys just screaming my name, and I looked up and I'm like, Oh, that's so great that it was you. <laughs> yeah. And my I was with my friend and my husband and they're like, do you know her? I'm like, no, I actually no. don't know her, but I feel like I know her. So that's really, that's our social media fairy tale. Yes. I think our 21st definition of century definition of knowing somebody has to change because I've made some of my closest friends virtually. Yeah. And haven't right. met them for a few years. Yes. Like it's, it's, uh, it's like pen pals, right? Yes. It is kind of fun when it works out like that. So that was a big, long intro, but um, maybe now you can introduce yourself to our audience. Maybe tell us a little bit about who is Brandy Adolf. All right. I work full-time at the Children's Hospital in Winnipeg, Manitoba as a pediatric MRI technologist. I'm the mom to an 18-year-old daughter who is in the nursing program. She herself was a competitive athlete that played at an elite level on a ringette team for about seven years. Now plays on an open league for fun with some old teammates. She actually helped me a lot this build she was on her bike and rollerblades, and uh, I have to thank her. She made a lot of long miles fly by. <laughs> so she was definitely a part of my build this time. And she's elite ringette, so she goes fast on those rollerblades. <laughs> um, I am married to Terry, who I met in grade seven. Um, he's Yeah, he's always at the start and finish lines of 90% of my races. So he's a big part of yeah, that, which, awesome. yeah, it means a lot like to have him there always at the end. Um, and my parents, of course, they're big fans. My mom even um, bought me my pair of running shoes for this marathon. And I said, oh, I feel like a sponsored athlete like that. She <laughs> bought me these these great shoes so I had I'm like I better knock a minute off at least because uh she bought me these wonderful new shoes so how did you get into running in the first place Brandy you know I have a bit of a funny story like I've always been athletic you know throughout school and uh after that I actually was a synchronized swimmer for the longest time, that was sort of where I was in high school. And so back now in 1992, my dad was on the Winnipeg police force. And it was his last year before he was retiring. And he thought it would be a great idea to do the half marathon. And this was 1992. So I was still a teenager. And I was thinking, I'm not sure about that but we signed up anyways and he remembers just at all the intersections all the police who were directing traffic were just like shouting out his name and it was just so exciting and I was behind him and he just kept like encouraging me on because he did not want to cross separately so we made it and it was two hours and 23 minutes is what he remembers. I do not remember, but it's around there. That's kind of where it started. Like it was just, and but there was a big break between 1992 and from when I signed up for my second half marathon was it's was the police half marathon. 
And me and my husband signed up for the relay with another couple. My friend's husband was part of the police force. So me and my friend started off for the first what we thought was 10K. And I guess I got in some sort of zone. (laughs) And it was... Uh, at mile 10, when I stopped to ask the volunteer where the exchange was, cause I was really <laughs> feeling it and thinking this seems further than six miles. And she said, well, it was four miles ago. So I was, I just could not believe it. So she's like, you might as well finish cause it's three miles this way or four miles back. So I ran ahead and my husband decided to go as well because he was thinking I must not be that far behind. And yeah, so that one I really felt at the finish line and because I was not prepared for that distance. But for some reason still loved it, even though that finish line was a tough one. So then it was after that, I decided I'm going to train for these and see what happens. And that was in 2014. So you just jumped right into half marathons, just like, yes, no 5Ks, no 10Ks, just half. It was supposed to be a 10, yeah, Yeah. half of the half. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. So how... So you ran, what happened then? You ran half marathons for for how long? And when did you have your first marathon? Yeah, so 2014 was that race. And then I just kept building. So that half marathon, it was about almost a two hour time finish. And I just went in every half marathon Winnipeg had to offer. I just signed up for them all. Yeah, and then in 2019, I had a 131 half and that was at the fire paramedic. That one actually was postponed due to weather conditions that made the route. It was a big storm, right? Yeah. All the trees came down and yeah. Yeah. So they held something still, but it was, you kind of did your own timing for that. And if I recall, I was signed up too. that. And then the day came, the actual race day was like beautiful. Like it couldn't have been a yes. nicer day. And you're like, oh, why can't we run? I know. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though, that half for me was just unexpected. I think I just went out to have a good day, zero pressure. And then that's when like, this wonderful everything clicks and the time was was that a PR? Yeah, it was a 131 half. So wow. So okay, you were what 43 at that point in time? Yeah. 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 Note case it, in yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> you can PR at age 43. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. I just love that that happens and can happen and yeah, I don't think about my age and my ability. I just do what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've been talking about the half a lot, but you said you in 2014 is when you ran your first marathon. So give us the the sort of evolution of your marathon career too. Yeah. So it was just, I was doing so well in the half marathon that I decided to, it was just one night we were after supper. And I said to my husband, I'm like, should I just sign up for the marathon? Should I do it? And I had the registration. It was just like register now. And then I just did it. I said, it's done. And so I didn't want to put too much thought into it. I just hit register. And so that my first marathon was in 2016 and it was the Manitoba marathon and 3:53 was my time. Well, I can't say I loved it. <laughs> I enjoyed Does the anyone love their first marathon. <laughs> yeah. I was intrigued I was intrigued by the yeah, the effort and the amount of sort of pain that is involved and how much I was willing to enjoy that and accept it. 
so then I signed up again in 2017 to see, you know, just make little improvements to see how I can make that easier on myself. And yeah, about a week before I was injured and I could not run, I just had a high hamstring tendonitis that just Mm. popped. Yeah, I was out at Birds Hill Park running my loop and I felt something sort of tug and thought nothing of it. And yeah, it was just so painful. And uh, on the Friday before the marathon, I went out to see if I could do it. And yeah, I couldn't even get down my street. So I came home, I was in tears. And I just, yeah, that was it. But um, I mean, I guess the blessing of a injury, you know, you learn a few things during that time, you learn, you love this sport. And you learn, you know, how to respect and listen to your body and do the things that when you are putting in all those miles and you can't just not pay attention to the other things that your body needs, even as far as fueling and recovering. I think that's what I was missing out on more than the stretching and strength. I would say that was probably what played the role in that injury. But I got right back to it. It took about five solid months of zero activity. Like I did nothing. I mean, walking and things like that and a little bit of strength. But it was just so painful that I I just did nothing. So what was your state of mind? Let's jump. Let's just, we were going to ask you about injuries later in the podcast, but let's just go there now. So being injured is one of the hardest things for a committed regular runner. Yes. Um, I've heard it compare, you know, we do go into withdrawals similar to how drug addicts go into withdrawals. I mean, you're lacking your endorphins and you're lacking your routine and you're lacking your social life sometimes. So how did you feel during that period of time doing nothing and and what did you do to cope? Yeah. So I have never had an injury of any kind throughout any part of my life. And I've played lots of sports and been active. So this was very new to me. I was very sad the week of, you know, and then when marathon day came, the only thing was the weather was really bad. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't feel as <laughs> I felt bad for the runners, but kind of it did make me feel a little better. Um, however, getting beyond that, my goal was just to get better. I did not feel bad for myself long. I just got my mindset switched to healing this, fixing this so I could just get back to it. So yeah, I was happy for that. I did have some therapy on my leg and hamstring, but you know, with the tendonitis, there's just not a whole lot, like you can help with other areas of the body, but you know, that just takes time. So I just respected the fact that it takes time and marathoners, no patience. Did you bike or, you know, I couldn't even sit on it. Couldn't even bike. I've actually dealt with high hamstring issues. I know what you mean. I went for about five months, not sitting down at all, (laughs) except to drive. Like that was it. And even getting in and out of my car was like sore. So I tried a few things, but rest and yeah. So eventually it got better. It did. And when were you able to, to run again and race again? Was it the next season or were you, did you still do some things in the fall of that year? Actually months would take us to winter. Yeah, I did. So I was injured for that. And then in October of 2017, I ran the fire paramedic half the time was one forty for that race. So I think you must have recovered faster than you. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> it was in my head where I'm like, I, I swear I was 
five months, but maybe it just felt that way because on paper, that is not true. <laughs> so, well, you've been a very consistent runner from about 2014 yes. forwards, it sounds like. Yeah. I have to ask, so some, like currently I'm coming back from an injury, right? So, and, and very yeah. similar to what you're describing, like the high hamstring thing and just all of that. So I, I think it is very common, but um, I know personally, I can't, I come back a much more grateful runner for what my body can do. And I'm curious whether that was the case for you. Like, you know how sometimes you can be into your physio exercises, like when you're receiving treatment, but then as soon as you get better, you sort of abandon them again. Did you bring forward any of those sort of preventative practices into, into the way that you train so that you would ensure you'd never get injured again? Yes, I was very careful on not repeating this. So I did uh, get myself a gym membership and I started working on strengthening. So I did a lot of light weights, but just lots of reps. And I did that for a solid year. That's probably what sort of got me back on track was just the strength and working on the other areas besides because so many things weaken if you just run. And that was something I just wasn't paying attention to or even really understood. So when I went to the physiotherapy, I got a little lesson in that. So Mm -hmm. I was educated and thankful for that education. Mm -hmm. It just made me feel stronger and have just that little bit more confidence. And I always then thought I had a bit more of an edge because my core was stronger. Like I worked a lot on, it was kind of a head to toe, but with my core stronger, I could just feel my posture and my stride improve. And then that made me feel better as a runner, knowing I had that core to sort of keep me a little more upright. So I've, it's, I'm curious, you ran a three, did you say 43 marathon? So my in 2016, 353, 53, you in 2017, you got injured. Yeah. You got in the gym. Yeah. You got stronger. You worked on your core and fast forward a few years later, Um, a significant change in your marathon time. And I'm wondering how much that injury might have been in the long run serendipitously beneficial to you. Yes, I, I agree. Now, after being injured, just a different respect for the sport, for my body. And I wanted to improve. Like it just, that is kind of where I, my mind was, if I do all these things, I will probably improve. And then in 2018, when I signed up for the Manitoba Marathon again, it just proves that that is the case. Because I ran, I qualified for Boston at that 2018 marathon. And I felt like during that race, It was just in the last six miles that I felt, you know, not so great. So I think that's my goal is like, I just want to feel as good for as long as I can. So I just train that way. Yeah. So 2018, yeah, that Boston qualifier was, it was a fun one. And what did you, what time did you qualify with in 2018? This was after your sort of time off with the injury and getting strong in that you came back and I think probably your time, your qualifying time at that point was 340 or better, right? Yeah. So it, I ran a 330.03. Oh, wow. And yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I ran that in a, a pair of shoes that I panic bought the week before and I had only run about five miles in them. I had kind of worn out my other runners and I'm like, I think I just need to get a new pair. And they're like, that is a rule. Most tell you do not do that. So I was hoping that wouldn't be a mistake and it wasn't. <laughs> Were they at least the same model as the pair you wore? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's not quite as bad. Then. Yeah. 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 I think every runner at some point in their running life 
learns that lesson of the little things are actually the big things, right? And so often, I mean, sometimes we can learn it through listening to a podcast or learning from other people's mistakes, but often we have to learn that by making our own mistakes. So I'm so glad to hear that you came back stronger and stronger. And I'm going to jump over Boston for just a second. So you qualified for Boston in 2018. You ran it in 2019. But let's go all the way to this most recent Manitoba Marathon 2021. It happened one week and one day ago (laughs) at the time of this recording. And you completed that marathon in three hours and 19 minutes and one second. So we want to hear all about this race day. So you're obviously a pro at the Manitoba Marathon. You've run it multiple, multiple times at this point. Yes. So talk to us about that race day. How did you feel going into it? And uh, let's just hear all about it. All right. Running in in September was a definite bonus. You know, this build went pretty close to perfect for me, if there is such a thing. But Um, I was able to maintain my weekly mileage. It was about a 15-week training block that I had planned out. And this marathon was a little different than my other builds as I added a few things to it. I added some speed track workouts. I have not ever been on a track. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of intimidating going. So for our listeners, we can actually see each other on video right now, even though you don't have the privilege of such. And Carolyn's like doing these like fist pumps in the air, like, yeah, she got on the track. (laughs) Yeah, I, it was, it was so fun being there. Like I, it just a totally different uh, workout. I luckily had a good friend and neighbor who wanted to do the same. So we went out together, did our own workouts there, but it was just nice having someone else kind of understand that effort because <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So that was fun. We did that a handful of times and then a few more long runs. My long runs were 20 miles and we did about three more long runs than I normally do. And again, it's probably because I had the good, my good friend and neighbor for company on those long runs. So we planned out point to point, which was fun. We would run and then we'd have some some family member come pick us up at the end of it. <laughs> so we had to pull in a few favors from husbands to friends to my daughter. Like So that was mm-hmm. fun. But we found that the easiest way to get our long runs in was if we planned those type as opposed to an out and back or a loop. Did you ever have somebody drive you out of town, drop you off and you just run home? No. And I really want to do that the next build (laughs) for sure. Because I think that would be, yes, that's in the plans. You have to get it on a day when it's like gusting 60 kilometer an hour winds and then just run with the wind. (laughs) The benefit of that is you can throw water bottles in the ditch for yourself yeah. as you're driving around. <laughs> it sounds like you made some really wise like upgrades to the way that you trained. Yes. And, and and you can only really do that when you have a few builds under your belt, right? Like the first couple of times, it's just like run. And then the next time, yes. and, and then get the feedback, learn from that. And then the next time, okay, now I'm going to add this. Now I'm going to do an extra long run. Now I'm going to, you know, do weight training or speed work or whatever the case may be. But I think what you've done is really important like to recognize like I'm going to do I'm just going to try these one or two different things and then just see what happens right and and you're running the same course pretty much almost like you're running in Manitoba with no hills so you you can really be that experiment of one yeah um I will say I learned a big lesson last year during a virtual I so I ran the virtual Manitoba as well as I had another marathon out of town that went virtual. And during that one, my goal you always hear like, do not go out fast. So for that, yeah, and I always do. I just always, always do. 
but for that virtual, I was out by myself and I just started out slow. And then it was during that marathon that I slowly ramped it up and stayed consistent right to the very end. So it was that marathon that really made me realize, no, that is true. (laughs) If you just start out slow and stay consistent and have something at the end of that distance, it's just so important. So that's what I was like, this marathon, I'm going to be so consistent. That was my goal. And were you ever, so I'm just going to toot your own horn here for a minute. So when they, when the results came up last weekend, they actually had quite a few, like there were quite a few timing mats that you had to go over. So you had all these splits. So your, your 319 finish is like a 442. And can we just pause there for a second? Like you ran 442 per kilometer for 42.2 kilometers. Like that is awesome. (laughs) But, but what was more interesting to me, because I bang on and on and on about this race execution, um, as a coach and I am usually pretty good at it myself. And then I often screwed up usually in the marathon. So anyway, you were just like, 439, 443, 440, like it was just like clockwork the way that you executed that race. Like how proud of yourself were you for executing what on paper anyway, looked like almost the smartest race that one could do? You know, I went, when I was on the start line, I knew I had prepared for this the best I can. And I just had confidence that I could do it. And I didn't let anything convince me otherwise. So that just really is so powerful to like, know it and then trust that. And that is what I did. So my mantra for this race was the word stay. And so that is just I would sort of check my my pace every so often. I do go in miles, but um, so when I would check the pace and I saw the time and I just kept saying, Kate, just stay here, just stay. And yeah, I, I did. So is that something you've had to work on and practice in training or how did you sort of tune in? Because I, again, something else I'm always banging on and on about is like, Like you need to really feel what that race pace feels like. So how did you develop that? Was it just through years and years of marathoning or was there something uh, particular that you did? Well, I will say 90% of my runs are without a watch. I, yeah, they just. (laughs) There's more fist banging in the air going on over here. Yeah. (laughs) I yeah I run truly on effort and just knowing my body I mean as runners I think we're so in tune with our mind and body that that's what I want that is what I like about running so I trust that Mm, I love that let's let's just stop there again yeah you trust that. Yeah. And that is, I think, what it's all about and why so many runners don't run watchless. Why they need that data is they don't trust their own bodies and they haven't given themselves the time to get to know their own bodies enough to develop that trust. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I find it a very powerful tool. I will wear my watch just if I'm on a new route or I will sort of do time trials just to see where the fitness is at. I will wear it for things like the track and for long runs. Sometimes I'll even put it on and forget to start it because it's just not my routine. (laughs) And then I don't bother. That's great. Yeah. Well, my husband actually for my uh, last birthday bought me a new upgraded Garmin because mine's old and I told him to return it and he was shocked. I'm like, no, I'll just use the one I always have. I don't use it enough. Just take it back. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm curious during this perfectly executed marathon that you had here, which is, is this a PR for you? Was 319 a PR in the marathon distance for you? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you struggle at all during the race or did you really feel in control and on point the whole time? I felt in control and on point the whole time. I will say just the last three miles when we got back on just heading towards Pemina. Yeah, I did start to fall apart as far as my form. I think I was focused on the fact I needed a water or something. And then I just got that in my head. But I just, yeah, kept pumping my arms. I said, just keep moving, focus. And I was telling Carolyn when we chatted. So the finish line video, I was a little embarrassed because that was all I was telling myself is just pump your arms to propel yourself (laughs) during that last 500. And that is what I did. And it was very clear on the video, that arm pumping. (laughs) (laughs) Arm pumping works. It does. You know, it's one of the four drives. And when your legs don't work anymore, man, your arms can still propel. <laughs> yes. You just watch any child running in a race. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so humbling watching the video, though, at the end. Like, I even watched it on my 10K and I'm like, wait a second. Like, that's what I look like. I thought I was going so much faster than that. It's so, it's never good. It's never good watching those videos back. But when I saw you, and again, it was maybe with 500 or even less to go, you were alone. Yes. You were completely in no man's land. Like there wasn't a person you could realistically chase at that point and no one chasing you. Was that the case most of the way, or did you have anyone to work with? Yes. So again, it's another, uh, social media fairy tale in a way there was the so the girl Robin that came in third we were together for most of the race so she I knew her again just through Instagram just and then I just sort of so I wasn't your first like no, you were my first she was my second <laughs> okay phew So I had messaged her and she was telling me her goal and it was similar to mine. And when we were, we were lining up at the Manitoba marathon for that pulse start, she was right in front of me and I tapped on her shoulder and I'm like, could you take a picture of me? (laughs) And then, then she's like, we kind of gave each other a hug because it was like the first time again, seeing someone you've been chatting with online. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just sort of tried to, um, she was ahead of me the whole time. Um, and I, you know, just sort of had her in my sights it was a little entertaining because she had someone there like giving her gels and water. Like, and so I was just kind of watching all that unfold. And then I'm like, where's my water? I had my husband out on the course and he um, was there to pass me my waters. But again, during those last three miles, she picked it up Mm. and I, uh, you know, just had my arms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were yeah. The yeah. You stayed steady, Eddie. Nice. That is awesome. So let's talk race nerves for a second. Do you ever get nervous about racing? And if so, has that improved over the years? Like, what do you do to kind of calm yourself down on the start line? Yeah, I always have race jitters. Always, always. The thing I do to help sort of calm me now would be during my warm up just like I'll do like a kilometer warm up and then that brings my nerves down and when I line up I'm ready to go like they just disappear at the start line but the drive to the race the in the parking lot I am just, like my my heart's pounding and so yeah, I try to like get out right away to do my warm up and then I just get in that mindset of being ready to roll. 
So Brandy, you are a busy wife, career woman, mother, um, and elite marathon runner. Um, how do you fit it all in? Tell us what a day in the in the life of Brandy looks like. All right. Yes, uh, I work full time. I work shift work, which I love. I wouldn't trade shift work for anything. That is sort of how I find time. I'll work big stretches and I'll get days off. I have the variety of running in the morning, running in the evening. I just squeeze it in whenever I can. There are days I struggle to get out the door, but most times I am just excited. Working in a hospital, I need, when I come home, it's kind of the first thing I do is put on my runners and just sort of, yeah, run off the day. There is a lot I see and do in a day. And I find that is the best way then for me to clear some things. And then I can be a little more present for my family. I have a little more time now. My daughter, like I say, she's 18. So I do have you know, more time to fit in longer runs. She now comes with me. So I don't miss out on, you know, sort of family time that way. And as well, my husband comes with me. So I, yeah, it's, it's kind of a family thing. So I, I I don't ever feel like the guilt of a mom or wife that way, because they just come along. So yeah, I squeeze it in. I don't struggle too much with um, finding the time. Running makes my quality of life better. So I fit it in when I can, and I usually am excited to do it. So what I'm really hearing here is a mindset as well, because if, if you were looking for an excuse, you would have it, right? I work shift work. I've got this busy life, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I'm really hearing, like, I'm excited to do this. It makes me a better person. I get to do this. And I really think we can't understate the impact of our mind and how we're approaching our running as well that way than just the mechanics of, like, when does this actually get done? Exactly. And again, it's, it's kind of part of being prepared at a race. So then those race nerves are calm. Mm -hmm. So it's I fit it in because I know how I want to feel when I sign up for a race. And when I trust, it comes back to trust. You've done the work so you can trust in your training and you can trust in your Mm -hmm. body and you don't have to be nervous. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I often wonder if you've drawn any inspiration. Like I know you're a big fan of the sport. Are there people that you look to that have helped you physically and mentally kind of master the marathon? Yeah, uh, again, I love social media for that reason. I just am such a fan of the sport. I follow road runners and trail runners. And I just, I get inspiration. You know, it's never from a specific athlete. It's just from different people at different times, whether they're elite runners that are into their 40s and running, you know, these trail runs that are, you know, 50 miles, 100 miles. I follow their journeys because it's just fascinating to me. I'm also inspired by all the local runners in Winnipeg and seeing their social media and everyone just trying to find their next level. It's not specific. It's just everyone at different times. So I I love the community around it, whether it's on yeah social media, the people you meet at the start lines, the familiar faces you finally see. <laughs> oh, you know, the running community really is special. And I think that's part of what drew Carolyn and I to do this podcast yeah. because it actually worked out just great because during COVID, we stayed connected with our running community absolutely, <laughs> and connected e- people to each other. Yes. And, and it's, it is a gift. Yeah. So what's next, Brandy? What have you got on the horizon for races or for adventures. Yes. Well, I am, like I say, I'm feeling quite recovered, just a little bit of um, some tightness, but I am signed up for the Brandon Hills Race the North 25K. Now that is a trail race, is it not? It is. I do. You will find me in the trails every once in a while, but I am the only one showing up in road shoes (laughs) at them. (laughs) You need to get Kim to hook you up with some (laughs) salmings. I do. 
Yes, I need to get myself some ultra glides or something. (laughs) So yeah, I did run the Brandon Hills last year. And uh, it was yeah, it's a whole other sport, you know, it was tough. But, uh, you know, like what I got after that was just a whole different feeling at that finish line. Like I just couldn't believe how unrelenting those hills are. (laughs) And then I was like, if I can just keep moving forward, like just keep moving forward, because there's no way out of these hills. So keep going. (laughs) nobody's coming to save you no (laughs) that's one of my mantras (laughs) exactly I'm like um as this was quoted they said like pain is not where you stop it's just where it's just the part that sucks (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly so you're doing Brandon run for the hills Mm -hmm. 25k what else anything else Yes, I am signed up for um, Beaudry. They have all their different time. Um, It's not a distance, it's a time. So they have this 12, 24 and 40. So I'm signed up for the six. To me, that's that's a big ultra. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, at your pace, you can run, I don't know, like 60K in that period of time, at least. We'll see. I just, yeah, it's it's a very fun group. Um, so I like to, you know, play in both fields. But yeah, uh, the road is where I, where I can kind of turn my mind off a little more. The trail, I'm always <laughs> trying to find my footing. Yeah. <laughs> takes a whole new level of concentration, right? Rather than the perfectly pancake flat for 42K on the road. It's a whole different can of worms, isn't it? Yep. Well, and if you're lucky, it actually might be dry this year for the first time in three or four years at Beaudry. And you might not have to deal with mud, but maybe a few, few roots under leaves. And I feel like that's part of trail is you need some of those elements Mm -hmm. to make it fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all just different type of fun. So some trail races this fall as the road runs kind of ebb, ebb away and finish off. Um, any big plans for next year? Do you have any big bucket list runs on the horizon? Yes. Yeah, so I have two that I would really um, like to do. It's the Missoula Marathon in Montana or the Mickelson Trail Marathon in South Dakota. So yes, I have to, they both happen in June. So I'm going to have to decide. So you're not doing Manitoba Marathon next year? Oh, of course. Sorry. Of course. (laughs) Okay. I would never miss if I could help it, the Manitoba Marathon. Okay. Okay. I will always be, I was just, I always think of those as a destination yeah. or so, you know, like a, mm-hmm, what, like mm-hmm. something, but no Manitoba always. Okay. Well, I'm relieved to hear that. So maybe we can, <laughs> we can tow that start line together if I can get myself yes. healthy again. So, um, being a long time listener of the podcast, you know, that we end with our, with our rapid fire questions. So we'll move into those right now, starting with, do you have a favorite mantra? I do. Um, it's this is what you came for. Love. So who, who is that? Yep. Yours, Kim? Uh, no, it's just that is caught. Jerick oh, says okay. that line too. Oh. That was one of his one of his quotes, and he probably got it from yeah. somebody else. Everything's too, a sure, remake. It, it, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it rolls through my head a lot too. It's like mm-hmm. this is what you mm-hmm. came for. So. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of whichever one resonates with you. There's so many good ones out there. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Our next question is, do you have a favorite place to run? Um, you know what? Birds Hill Park and the Duff Roblin is kind of my, those are my routes. And if I'm not mistaken, in our original DM Instagram fairy tale romance here, uh, <laughs> that was one of the places that you had suggested or that you were thinking about possibly doing the marathon. And I remember not knowing where Duff Roblin was. I had to look it up on a map. So I still haven't been there yeah. to, to date. Oh, okay. Well, that will be our first run together. Okay, perfect. Love that. I will look forward to that. 
Uh, do you, I, you may have already answered this. Do you have a list, a race on your bucket list? Just, you know, the, I would love the Deadwood Mickelson trail, the one in South Dakota or the Missoula, the Biver. Yeah. It's just the two that sort of, I think have the scenery. I go for scenery as well. <laughs> I, I can totally understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have a favorite running book or movie? Yes. So the running book is called Don't Tell Me You're Afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's based on a true story of an unforgettable Somali girl who risks her life on the migrant journey to be a part of the London Olympic Games in 2012. Oh, yes. I yeah. heard about that book. Oh, that's yes, it I'm is. adding it to my list. Do don't tell me you're afraid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She actually, um, as a teenager, was selected to represent her country and showed up with, you know, um, came in last place and still pursued her dream to be part of the 2012. You know, the book is also a good look, um, a little bit of a window into the global crisis that happens over there. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, it's phenomenal read. Oh, thank you for that one. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Final question. Well, maybe I'll switch this one up just a little bit for you. What was your post-run indulgence after the Manitoba Marathon? All right. Um, okay. One thing I always look forward to at the finish line at the Manitoba Marathon is the Chapman's Lime Popsicle. I loved that they had popsicles there. What a great idea. Yes. So, but it's got to be the green one. Um, I, that, I think about that during the marathon about that popsicle. And then once I get home and after a long, hot shower, I pour myself a glass of Pinot Gris. (laughs) Love, love it. Can't go wrong with that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, well, this has been a great chat about, um, yeah, just all things running and road running and just a few forty okay. something ladies just showing that we can yeah. still rock it. Yeah. <laughs> and and truly like you have given me so much inspiration. You're I think maybe just oh. one year older or one or two years older than me. And I'm like, you can still oh. keep into your forties. <laughs> and I can't even thank you enough for the inspiration that you oh. provided for sharing your story with us tonight. And I hope um no. I commit to getting on a start line with you someday and going for a run in, uh, in the Winnipeg area, some of your favorite uh, trails in the coming months. So thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.